0: you for your presence Lord thank you Lord that your presence is real Lord thank you that we can experience you and thank you Lord that the experiences that we have with you in the spiritual realm um, Lord far outweigh even the things that we experience in the physical uh, Jesus you were able to endure the cross and and the extreme physical things that you went through there because of the the things in the spiritual realm that you experienced with the Father, the Holy Spirit. Lord, we see that in the disciples and apostles, Lord, the things that they endured, and they were able to do it with joy because of the things that they were experiencing in the spiritual. Lord, I pray for each person here that they would experience those things and spiritual, Lord, Um, because when we taste you, Lord, we only want more, and there's nothing else that we'll do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some of you think that if you look at food, you will gain weight. I want to tell you that is not true. You have to partake. I also want to tell you it's the same thing with Jesus You cannot simply look at Jesus and gain from Him. You know, the Lord is constantly moving us to action. Uh, We just participated in communion, which is something that the Lord asks us to do. And He asks us to eat, to eat of His body, to drink, to drink of His blood. Why? Because it's when we begin to move, it's when we go beyond word and thought and we begin to enter into action that we experience God, that we experience things in the spiritual. Another thing that he asked us to do is baptism. Why? Why does it? Because it's an action. We're going down into water and we're dying to the old self and we're being raised up into the new self. Now, none of it matters if we're not actually giving ourselves over to the Lord. We're just getting wet. But He has us do it because when we enter in and we begin to obey, that's when we begin to experience the Lord. I can stand up here and share with you promise after promise that the Lord has given, but none of it will matter to you unless you respond to the Lord. I've spoken before about the blessings of giving, for instance, and you read about it all through Scripture and how God will move when you respond to Him by giving. But you could hear story after story until it happens to you. Until you make a sacrifice and you say, I'm going to give. I feel the Lord moving me to give, but I don't know how I'm going to pay all my bills. But I'm going to do it because God's saying do it. It's only when you respond and you see Him come through and you're like, how did that happen? God wants some of you uh, to do things for Him like speak to someone uh, that you know about Him. And you're scared to death. You're like, I, I, that's not me. That's not who I am. I, I stick to myself. I, I need a, a professional to come in. Maybe I'll give him a book and say, go read this. And God's saying, trust me. Open yourself up to the Holy Spirit and just let Holy Spirit move through you. I want to share with you this morning, Jesus said this over and over, and we're going to go to a scripture where he talks about it. The Lord wants you to enter in. Uh, No one can enter in for you. You've heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I am here to lead you to the water, to the living water, which is Jesus. But I cannot make you drink. You must choose to drink. But, but I want to share with you that that's what God is asking. That, that God is inviting you in because He wants to use you. But you must respond in action for that to happen. The scripture we're going to look at, look at this morning is found in the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, if you have a Bible and want to go there. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living this morning. Gospel of John in chapter 6. Um, I'm going to begin in, in verse 47, and this is Jesus talking. And in verse 47, he says this I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Now, I want to stop right there because that's a very familiar thing. We hear that. If you believe, you have eternal life. And that's absolutely true. But what we fail to often understand is what believe means. Because we think, well, you know, I may believe something exists, but that is not enough. If you believe Jesus exists, scripture says, for instance, the demons, in fact, know he exists. That does nothing. What does it really mean to believe in Jesus? Well, Jesus goes on and he talks about that. In the next verse, verse 48, he says, Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, anyone who eats this bread will live forever and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Now notice he compares himself to something that happened to God's people long ago, which is God sent down manna from heaven. Every morning they would get up and they would eat. Now the point is this, what God was doing was He was showing them that He's able to provide. But here's the deal, that was meant to move them into action to trust the Lord for everything. But here was the problem, many of them didn't do that. They just took what God gave, they said thank you, uh, you know, it made them feel better, it made them live for a little while, but they ended up dying and not going to live with the Lord eternally, many of them, because they never fully trusted God, even though He was providing for them. Everything that you have right now is provided by God. The physical things that you have, the spiritual things that you have, um, the relationships that you have. If you have a job, God provided it. If you have skills, God provided it. If you have health, God provided it. It can be taken away like that. God has provided all that. Why has he done that? Well, he loves you, but also this. He wants to move you into a place where you trust him with everything. You trust him with your life in such a way that you say, God, you are now the director of my life. I will move when you say move. But the temptation is to say, no, thank you, God. Thank you for this. But I still want to be in control. This is what God is going after. So he compares himself to bread. And what Jesus is saying is, you need me for everything. And so what he's saying is, is that every day we would enter in. And by partaking of Jesus, we would ask the Lord for direction in everything that we do. We wouldn't just enter in, but we would ask him. He goes on in verse 52, and he says, Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. God is inviting us to partake of him. Now, Jesus is called the word. We have the word here, and it is what uh, the Holy Spirit has inspired others to give to us. So one of the ways that we walk with Jesus is to continually consume the word. But here's one of the things, and we talked a little bit about this last week, is that many of us are intimidated by the word. We don't think that we can understand it. We want to go to books that others have written about the word, but we're intimidated to go to the word. Why are we intimidated to go to the word? Well, it's the enemy, okay? He wants you to be intimidated to go to the word. He he wants you to not believe that you can understand the word. That's one. But the enemy has also used people to bring that about. One of the things that Jesus found when he was here is that the religious leaders would would constantly lay these heavy demands on people that even they couldn't live out. And and people felt oppressed and and they were constantly looking to the leaders for relief because they, they couldn't walk these things out. The leaders made the people feel like they couldn't read the Word, that they needed to come to them in order to understand the Word. And guess what? That continues today. People preach and teach in such a way that makes uh, um, many feel like they can't understand the Word. I want to share with you this morning that you can, that you can understand the Word and you must enter into it. How do you do that? You just jump in. You jump in and you start reading the Word and you start seeking to walk out what you read. Do not try to walk out what you were reading in books about people who are trying to write about the Word. Go into the Word and walk it out. Now, are you going to do it um, perfectly? Are you going to do it well? No, you're not. And I want to tell you this morning that that is okay. Because that's part of growing up in the Lord. Think about this, okay? For those of you who are raising kids, I mean, obviously you want your kids to do everything perfectly, right? But does that happen? Absolutely not. And so, what's your goal though? Your goal is to raise them up so that they can be adults, and hopefully this is your goal. Some of you, I I wonder at times, but your goal is to raise them up so that they can be adults on their own. So how do we do that? Well, what we don't do is we don't tell them every little thing to do. We let them figure out some things on their own. For instance, driving, okay? For those of you who've um, taught others how to drive, that can be quite an experience. Part of what we've got to do, though, in doing that, though, is if we see something really dangerous happening, we point it out. But do we point out every little thing? You know, turn here, stop here. Do, do we know? Because what's that going to do? That's not going to teach them anything. That's going to teach them that uh, they can't do anything unless you're telling them what to do. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And so here's the deal with reading the Word. You can listen to me, okay, and and receive some things from that, but what I am giving you is not enough to truly enter in and to walk with Jesus. You need to get into the word and walk it out yourself. That's how you enter in. You know, two different places in scripture, in Ezekiel and in Revelation, the Lord tells the apostle John, he tells the prophet in Ezekiel, he hands him a scroll and he says, eat this, eat this. And after they consume it, they are then to go out and speak to other people. But until they consume it, they can't speak it out. So earlier when we were talking about maybe the Lord's calling you to talk to someone about the Lord. And you're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I I need somebody else. Well, no, you you can do it. But how do you get to that place where you feel good about it? You read the word. You walk with the Lord. That's what he's calling us to. But if you rely on other people just to direct you, you're never going to be able to walk with the Lord. Now, the Lord's made the body so that we would walk together. We were studying in our Sunday school this morning that um, God's called given different gifts throughout the church. Um, in order to equip us to do the work, to build the body up. We are made to do this together. I'm not saying go off on your own, but what I am saying is God has made the Word in such a way that you can understand it. We talked last week about how the Greek was written in common Greek. It was not written in classical that every other Greek literature that came out of that time was written in. It was written in common Greek, which was the common language that everyone spoke. Why was it like that? Because God wrote the word in such a way that you can understand it. God is calling you to dig in and begin to read and to understand and then to begin to walk that out. And I'm here, you know, just like if I'm riding with a new driver, I'm here to say, whoa, okay, there's there's a wreck getting ready to happen. We we need to slow down here. But what I'm not here to do is to tell you every little move to make. God is calling you to partake of him. You know, one of the things that um, people sometimes think is that they look at the word as like a scientific experiment. And when you are uh, having a scientific experiment, you want to remain uh, a certain distance away so that you don't contaminate things. Well, Jesus is asking you to eat. And when you partake of something, you contaminate it because your saliva mixes with it. Well, guess what? When it comes to partaking of Jesus and partaking of the word, we're not called just to stand back and to look at it from a distance. Because here's the thing, the word doesn't make sense when you stand back and look at it from a distance. And the reason is this, it's written in such a way that the only way that you can understand it is to begin to walk it out. As you begin to walk it out and you just keep reading, things are going to start to make sense you're going to be like, oh, that's why they were saying that, you know? When you read something crazy like them talking about having joy in the midst of persecution, and you're like, that makes no sense. Well, as you begin to walk things out, and you begin to do things that God's calling you to, and you experience joy from it, and then someone attacks you for it, you're you're going to start to experience, and you're going to be like, oh, 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 that's what they're talking about. But if you just look at it from a distance, it doesn't make sense. The religious leaders, they studied the scriptures over and over, and yet they were unable to see who Jesus was. Why? Because they were not walking it out. They were studying it from a distance, but they never entered in. Jesus is inviting you to partake of him. What does that mean? It means you reading the word. You Reading the word. And then it means you entering in and doing what he's calling you to do in your life. And as you do that, Jesus is going to come to life within you. That's the image that God's given you, to partake of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, that means Jesus enters into you. And what happens to the food you eat? After you eat it and it enters into you, It becomes a part of you. You ever heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Well, it's true. That's what happens with Jesus. As you read the word, as you walk things out, he enters into you, and then he starts coming out of you, and here's the crazy thing. At that point, there is nothing that God would call you to that is impossible for you. Why? Because it's not you. It's Jesus living through you. But if we don't take that step, if we look at the word and we say, well, that's too intimidating. I'm going to just let the educated people tell me what this says. That will not work. You won't enter in. You've just got to get in there. God We'll speak to you. Get in there and start reading. And then when the Lord calls you to do something, you say, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not as good as some of the professional people in the church. You know, that's one of the things. we, One of, one of the um, obstacles that the enemy uses is that sometimes in the church, it's definitely good that we have people that are called to do things to do them, okay? Uh, if you have no gifting for speaking whatsoever, you probably shouldn't be a teacher or something like that. However, sometimes in the church, we want things to appear so polished that we only have the best of the best doing anything. And we really don't have the main body doing anything. And what happens from that is that people look and they they say, well, you know, I'm not like so-and-so and and I'm not like so-and-so. I guess my job is just to sit here and observe. There's no such thing within the church. God calls each of us to move and to, to do what He calls us to do. And that's when we begin to experience Jesus working into us. But if we never step into something that God's calling us to that we don't feel confident in, guess what? You will never experience Him moving through you. So Jesus is offering an invitation. The invitation is to believe, but what does it mean to believe? What it means is to trust, and in order to trust, it means doing what he calls us to do. Do you believe that you can read the word and understand it? Well, I can answer that by asking you, are you doing it? And if your answer is no, then your answer is no to the first question as well. You don't really believe it believe it. Begin just reading the word and then begin responding to it. There is so much that God wants to speak to you. What we experience here um, is a nice little spiritual snack, but it's not your meal. Your meal has to come with you and the Lord, partaking of Jesus. That's the invitation. Lord, this morning, Um, We just thank you, Lord, that each one of us are able to partake of you. Thank you, Lord, that that you've prepared a meal and and there's a place for each one of us. Lord, I I pray that you would um, give us faith to move beyond the false idea, Lord, um, that there are some of us not good enough, uh, not smart enough, Lord, um, to understand you, not good enough to be used by you. Because, Lord, those are the ones that you love to use. Because when that happens, you are the one that gets the glory and not us. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that's never really given themselves over to you, Lord, I pray um, that they would place their faith in you this morning. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.